He's our life, our all in all. We thank Thee for this, another opportunity to embrace Him and to love Him. We thank You for His people. And here tonight, they're standing before me the purchase of His blood. And I have the privilege to speak to them. I pray that You'll anoint the lips, Lord, that speaks, the ears that hear. And may the Word of God fall into the good, rich soil of faith. May many be healed and saved. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Brother David had the service this afternoon, and you're probably all filled up with gospel. The only thing you do now is just, just go to put it to action, and it'll all be over. And so that's uh, what we need. Now, I'm certainly grateful tonight to have this uh, honorable group of men and women here behind me, which are servants of Christ, to pray for me while I try to speak to you for a few moments. And I appreciate all of you out in there that's praying also. If you ever want to do something for me, just pray for me. Amen. Feeling better, son? It'll be all right now.
be to God. How wonderful it is to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. By one spirit, we're all baptized into one body and sitting together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Don't you love that? Isn't it heavenly and beautifully to be? We're sorry that so many are standing out in the halls and so forth. Wish we had a place for you to be seated, but we don't have tonight. And maybe tomorrow afternoon the services will begin at, uh, I think it's 2 o'clock, is that? 3. 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, I'm sorry. 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon the services begin. That will give you a chance to go to church and have your service and then get back here and have our services tomorrow afternoon and back to your own service. Visitors, these pastors here on the platform would certainly welcome you. And around these full gospel churches, if you're visiting here, be sure to find one of them and go, go to church tomorrow because that's the place we all need to be in the house of God on Sunday to worship the Lord. Now, and then tomorrow afternoon, you that's coming for prayer cards, I'd like to invite especially the pastors tomorrow because I want them to help me pray for the sick. I want to prove to you that God just doesn't answer one man's prayer. He answers anybody's prayer that'll pray. And so they'll come out and help us. And we'll be giving the prayer cards out about about 3 o'clock or maybe about 2.30, quarter till 3, so that all the... Uh, the um, uh, we won't interrupt with the rest of the service. And the boys will be giving out the prayer cards about uh, 2.30 tomorrow afternoon. Now, over in the scriptures, if we would turn for a few moments and, and try to... Uh, this morning, I missed it again this morning. I, I said, sure, if it's uh, 10.30, I, um, I said to Billy, you watch me be out at 11 o'clock. You just watch me. I'm going to get up there and just say a few words. And I got talking about the Lord. Didn't get out at 11.30. <laughs> so I can't never get that 30 minutes message. So I guess I might as well give up and just quit trying. So then um, yeah, over in the first Corinthians, in the 14th chapter, the 8th verse, we read this. For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself for battle? Now, these uh, many are standing. I will try to be just as briefly as possible. And uh, happy to hear these reports here about Brother Someone was telling Brother David that hundred and something received the Holy Ghost. Oh, my. Doesn't that burn your heart? Just to see people in this last hours coming into the kingdom of God, receiving the Holy Ghost. Now, Brother David here has a ministry that he ministers out amongst the ecclesiastical groups. He is not Pentecostal. And, and I read some of the articles which are astounding how that God is moving out there, bringing his people in. We're thanking God for those things, for all these great ministries. Of hearing speak of Oral Robertson, Tommy Osborne, and those brethren are really precious and dear children of God. And... Uh, I'm so glad to know that the Lord Jesus uh, let me have a little part in their ministry to kind of give a little something that maybe over in the other lands when we sit down and I see all their tens of thousands coming out, I say, thank you, Lord, I'm glad I know no better than just do what you told me to do and so to see them come in. Now, 
If the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself for battle? Now, that is quite a statement, the uncertain sound. Now, uh, if you're not certain, then you can't have faith. If there's no certainty, then you cannot have any faith because faith is something that's certain. You know it. It's the... Uh, the Faith is the substance of things that's hoped for, the evidence of things that's not seen. It's not a myth. It's just not imagination. And it's not hope, but it's faith. And faith is a substance. It's something that God has given you. And then you do not see it, but you yet you, you've just as sure got it as if you had it right in your hands. And um, faith is what purchases the product that you're hoping for. And now... Paul speaking here of the uncertain sound. I kind of chose this because for tonight's service because we're living in such a day of uncertainty. There's so much that's uncertain today. And we're like our nation. The national security is so uncertain. A few years ago, I... We said there'd be no more wars, but we find out that we still have wars. And we will have them till Christ comes and takes over the kingdom. Because as long as Satan is ruling in the kingdom, we'll have wars and troubles. But the uncertainty of the security of the nation, not only this nation, but all nations, because little nations now can just got the same weapons that the big nations has got. And their the security is certainly uncertain. And we don't know just what there's unrest amongst the people. Traveling around from nation to nation, I find that everyone seems to be nervous. And the psychic wards are filling up. And the people are down the street. There seems to be so much... Uh, anxiety and rush just as hard as he can till they don't have courtesy even one for the other. And I've noticed it amongst all people. Here recently I was having a meeting in a certain place where there's a parking ground. And I noticed amongst our Pentecostal people pulling their car sideways this way, if they just pulled it in straight, it would give somebody else a chance. And they have some Pentecostal cursing. I don't know whether you ever heard of it or not. They go down the road at night, and a man will dim his lights, and the next man won't even dim his lights. Just go on, pay no attention to it, let him go, and blind him as necessary. That's Pentecostal cursing, you see. Let him alone. You <laughs> we shouldn't do that. No matter what the other fellow does, let's, let's show what we're made out of. Let's get something down in here to show love and respect. And respect the next man and, and love him whether he's right or wrong. If you can just love those who love you, uh, well, the sinners do the same thing. But we are different when Christ has come into our heart. We love those who do not love us. Uh, love the unlovable. And we were unlovable one time too, you know, and Christ loved us until we came to him. And then if we be of Christ and Christ is in us, we have that same spirit of fellowship and cooperation and helping to try to move the great load and make life a little easier for our fellow man. Now, 
Just recently I was interested in reading the paper, watching this year, Missile Race. And I think that Brother Duplicis gave us a good lesson on that this morning about the world trying to put a man in space and see who can do it first. We've had a man in space for 2,000 years. Amen. Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> that is right. But Russia thought they could toot a horn the other day when they got a man get up in some kind of a little gadget and go around the world in an hour or two. Why, my, Jesus can come from glory quicker than a thought can get there to him. Amen. That's just how much this, how fast this is. You know, Einstein proved that if two forces are coming fast enough, they could pass right through each other and never, never bother each other. If two cars were coming down the road and they were both going at the terrific speed, faster than sound, just billions of miles per second, they would probably pass right through each other without hurting one another at all. He proved that by forces striking together. Well, then, you see, we are such earthbound people to about all we think about and can think about is all we time and space. And, but when we leave this world, we go into where there is no time. We can think of 50 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour, 2,000 miles an hour, 10,000 miles an hour. That don't even start when we think of eternity. How fast. Jesus, after he had been glorified and received his glorified body raised up from the dead and had ascended on high to the Father, come back in a few seconds later and with such terrific speed till he come right in before his disciples through a wall and never even moved the wall. And yet with a body that could stand there and eat fish and bread. That speed coming through. And he can come all the way from glory to your heart as quick as you can think about him. Quick as you can confess wrong. He can run the devil out and bring himself in. Just as fast as you can have enough faith to believe it. How speed. But of course, as I've said, we are an earthen people. And we can only measure inches, miles, and so forth. Just like is once quoted, what if a little baby in the womb of its mother could think. And it would happen to say, well, think, you know, they tell me it's just a few days and I'm going to be born. Woe is me. They tell me that outside there there's so much room and there's the sun that shines and people walk about. Where will I get my living? I drive my living from right inside. What will become of me? Woe is me when I'm born. But well, then after he's born, he'd never want to go back again. Well, that's the way we try to think and multiply that by millions, trying to compare heavenly things with earthly things. It's so much greater when death strikes us and we leave this great land here called the world to that land beyond. Why, we never want to come back to this place again, this land of corruption and heartaches. In the businessman journal, they published a, I'll call it a vision, although I, it never was like any vision I ever had. I've seen 
the Lord has been graceful to me to let me see visions since I was just about less than about two years old. And then uh, I've seen many visions, but nothing like this, because I was standing there looking down at myself, and I saw those people shook their hands, and they were just as much people as we are people. Only there was no yesterday, no tomorrow, and there was no old age people. They were all young. And all I thought, I always wanted to live to see Jesus come because I never wanted to be a, a spirit. And I was always afraid of spooks, and I, I, I didn't want to die and become a little cloud, and like a little white cloud floating around somewhere and see my brother and say, there they are. Wished I could shake their hand, but they haven't got no hand to shake. It, it's dead, and, and they're in the grave. And then was made alive that scripture, if this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we have one already waiting. Oh, just move out of here right into that one. Oh, I tell you, that gives us great hopes. No matter what the world thinks and how unsecured the world is, when we can think on those things, all fear leaves. And then we become fellow citizens of the kingdom and respect one another. And those who are not fellow citizens, we want to woo them to that place where they can... No one should ever miss that place. I'm a middle-aged man. I'm 52 years old. I got a wife and baby sitting here tonight, a young man, my son here, two daughters at home. And if it wasn't for preaching the gospel and raising those children to see that they come up right, and for the gospel's sake, it wouldn't scare me one bit to leave right now, right here in your presence. It's a glorious place. So uh, I'm taking all the fear out of me that I once feared to die, I do not fear it anymore. I'm thankful for that. Now, so then, what if the nation doesn't have its security? And what if Russia drops a Sputnik or bomb or whatever the missiles are they call them? What difference does it make? Well, that's just a home-going ladder for us. Just a, a quick escape from all this thing to go on because we'll go before it drops anyhow. So the Bible, I believe, teaches that. Jesus said as it was in the days of Noah and the days of Lot. In the days of Noah, before judgment struck the earth, Noah was on the inside of the ark before it even sprinkled rain. Certainly, he was out of danger. And the angel said to Lot, Hasten and go hither, because I can do nothing until you're out of here. See? They had to get out first. And I believe the trumpet of God shall sound one of these mornings. The dead in Christ shall rise. We which are alive and remain shall be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and then the great punishment for the wicked will begin on the earth. And if we know we could be blown to pieces before morning, and science says it's about a minute before midnight now, how close then is the coming of the Lord Jesus? But it'll take place before the others can. So there's no security of the nation. Nervous, man trying to sign treaties and like a bunch of children uh, fussing and stabbing at one another. And we ought to watch those things because it's necessary that we watch them. Here the other day, these conferences they've been having, there was Mr. Eisenhower and, and Khrushchev met up here in the United States. Eisenhower was represented all the Western nations. And Khrushchev represented all the eastern nations. And you notice there was nothing they could say that could get along. 
Khrushchev took his shoe off and beat it, beat it on the desk and everything. Well, don't you know that exactly fulfills what the prophet said? Do you know what Khrushchev means in Russia? means clay. You know what Eisenhower means in English? Iron. Iron and clay, the east and west, them two big toes of the vision of Daniel. We're already at the end, friends. All we have to have is unrest amongst the nations. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Be perplexed of time distress between the nations. See roaring. While the, the world seems like it's in a nervous prostration. Another thing, our jobs. Our jobs are so uncertain. I was talking to a young man just returned from the army out in the hall. Come back, he had no job. And you don't know one day from the next where somebody's going to, you get up to a place of seniority and somebody steps down to keep from being retired and find something against you and you're out on the street and then too old to get a job. If you're past about 25, you don't do much good to look for a job nowadays. So they just, uh, see, there's, you think what a man's going to do after he's 35, 40 years old if he hasn't got a way of making a living. So then if you're at a job most any time, they can just drop you off for one little thing and that fires you and you're cut off then. So there's no security in jobs. It's, uh, we know that. No certainty of it. No certainty of what time our nations could be blown up. Miami, Florida, I think in this coming Christian businessman's meeting, there's a man coming that's going to be from up in Greenland who had his hand on the lever just recently. He has sent the world to destruction. And was so nervous he didn't know what to do. They got a, a bomb or some missile in the screen and they thought Russia's fixing the fire so... Missiles are setting everywhere. Lie right on a powder keg that the whole thing to be blowed up anytime. So there's no security. There's no way to get away from it. You can't dig down. Them bombs will blow 150 feet in the ground for 100 miles square almost. And that's what we know about. What those that we do not know about. Every nation has its secret things they're holding back. And just wonder what we do not know about. Then they're talking about all this parading and going into places and, and finding somewhere a bomb shelter, digging down in the ground, go to move the government under some tunnel. What good would it do? Well, if one of them bombs had hit and you'd be 1,500 feet below it, it would break every bone in your body, the concussion would. There's no way of hiding or down here. There's only one way you have to figure to hide that's go up. Get out of it. And there's only one way up. Oh, I like our man in space. I, I like it because he said he would take us out of it. Get out of this thing. Yes, sir. There's no security in the, the nations. You say, I'll run to this little nation, that little nation. Why, it'll all be blown up. And there's no security here in the nation. There's no security in our jobs. And notice in this day that home life has become a situation that's ought to be dealt with. My, you see, little boys going out and taking a rifle, shooting Papa and Mama while they're laying in bed. Dishonesty amongst our women and men, our mothers and fathers. In lots of big cities, the husband and wife pack secret keys or 
same keys, rather pass keys to their apartment. Each one comes in, eat a meal somewhere, and one's got a date, and the other's got a date. My! Have no more decency, no respects in home. Homes in these days don't have the old-fashioned homes. My, too many of them doesn't have. Where the Bible's open, and Dad reads a chapter, and they kneel around a table and pray. People go in, sit down, and eat. Yes, I've seen people go to the table and just start gomming and, and slopping around eating, never ask a blessing. You know, that just... I don't mean to make this as a joke. I want to say it for a point. I noticed one time. Is that when we was living on the farm? It was... There's under a hog under an apple tree. And them apples was falling off and hitting him on the head and he eat apples all day long and he never did look up to see where this coming from. <laughs> well, that don't only go in hogs. <laughs> you don't realize where that food comes from. You better look up and thank God for it because he was the one... We gave it. We don't have no more security of the home. Send your children to school. What do they teach them out there? Many times, too many times, they teach them we come from apes. Well, we don't believe that. No, and if a man's no more than an animal, then eat, drink, and be merry. That's what makes so many... Juvenile delinquents. That's what makes so many uh, crimes committed. Because of people's no more than an animal, it makes him act like an animal. We got to tell him he's a son of God, born for the kingdom of God. And he is somebody. This is just a negative, a picture negative, waiting for it to be developed someday. And death is the only thing that can develop it. When you die out to yourself, a new picture starts on the inside. And then that new creature, Christ Jesus, begins to show itself through. One of these days he'll come and receive you up to himself. Then the whole thing will be changed. And then this negative shadow will become a positive. We find out that the security of the home is very uncertain. A young man can go out and get him a wife. A young woman take herself a husband. He might act like a gentleman and everything, but it's, it certainly is a chance to take. And we find everything going on in the homes everywhere, breaking up. America has more divorces, I think, than any other nation in the world, where we're supposed to have civilization. And every year we find out that each year people begin to act a little more uncivilized. Could you imagine man that could kill man and women and little children and that's a, a culture of what's supposed to be? In the old times, when the revolutionary was fought, when I believe it was uh, Stonewall Jackson on top of Lookout Mountain and another great general at the bottom, they had their tra cannons trained to one another. And then when they got ready to fire the next morning, Jackson gave orders to go out, hollered down to the bottom of the hill and said, Brethren, get ready, we're going to fire on you. And now, over there in Germany and different places where fellows like Hitler taking those poor Jews out and why the marks of it still there. They kill them by the tens of thousands, by the millions. 
one, two man responsible, supposed to be highly cultured, educated. It'd be good if we didn't know the ABCs and know Christ. And then it wouldn't produce such stuff as that. No, it certainly is insecure. National affairs, jobs, homes. And now I want to speak on something else that's given an uncertain sound. What we put so much confidence in. We make such a fuss about it. That's politics. Oh, neighbors fall out. Fuss and stew over politics. One's a Democrat and the other's Republican and and uh, while they fuss and fight about it, and when both parties is as rotten and dirty as it can be. Amen. That's right. So one can't call the other one wrong because they're both wrong. It's exactly right. But politics. Some years ago when we had this first brought out about democracy, one of the lords of England said, it's all sails and no anchor. Said soon they'll be standing on politicians' own soapboxes lecturing. Well, that's right. Exactly right. But he didn't think of his own beautiful house of lords, what was going to happen to it, too, in commons. But there you find that all these things has to come to an end. I believe in democracy. But I believe that democracy is just like it was in France during the time of Joan of Arc. France needed a revolution. That's right. But after they had the revolution, they needed a counter-revolution to straighten up some of the things that they were revolting about. And I think democracy is right, but after democracy is won, then we need some straightening up in democracy. That's right. I think the church is right, but after the church is conquered, then we need some straightening up in the church. That's right. Politics. Just recently, I'm neither Democrat nor Republican. I'm a Christian. Amen. So I, I don't, I voted for one man. That was Jesus Christ. And he accepted it. And I'm bound to win on that one. So I, I, that's who I'm lectioneering for. It's for him. And uh, my mother was a Democrat all mine. And my daddy was that much Republican. So there, we had it at home. And so one vote every time to kill the other one's vote. No, sir, they just wouldn't give in. So that's the way it is. See, it's like a bunch of kids playing. I think they'd be good in either party or bad in parties. It just depends on the person. I think that's the way it is about Methodist, Baptist, or Presbyterian, or Pentecostal. It's the individual that's in the church. If you're a Catholic and you're depending on the Catholic Church for salvation, you are lost. And if you're a Pentecostal and depending on the Pentecostal Church for salvation, you're lost. But if you're a Catholic and, and you've got faith in Jesus Christ and trust in Him, you're saved by your faith through grace. The same thing by any other church. It's the individual. It's a system. As I said, that's sort of way of brotherhood. It's not the church itself. Now, politics. You can't put no confidence in them. We just had an election that proved to be one of the most crooked things that ever hit the nation. Right. But what did they do? They had a machine was foolproof. And the FBI exposed it and give it out in the papers and everywhere. That the machines were set up at every time they voted for Mr. Nixon, they had to vote for Kennedy at the same time. And the FBI exposed it. Did they do anything about it? No, sir. That is crooked. Right. Uh, somebody said, you'll get shot one of these days for saying that. This is the best place I know to die. Now, I know no better cause to die for it. 
This nation has been a great deal like Israel. Israel was a people that was in bondage. And that little group of Israelites that were in bondage and loved freedom and wanted to worship the true and living God, God delivered them from their slave pits and took them into a, a land that was promised to them and drove back the occupants of that land and they took over the land and become a mighty nation. They had a mighty man. And this nation did the same thing. We were people tied down, no freedom of religion, and God sent our forefathers to this nation. We drove back the occupants and took over and has become the leading nation of the world. And Israel was the leading nation of the world in her days because they had great godly men, men like David, like Solomon, man of honor, man of integrity, man that know God and trusted God. But one day, there come a renegade that got elected to the throne. And that was Ahab, a borderline believer. This nation was known all over the world as the leading nation because we had godly man behind it. Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, man like that who trusted God and feared God. But just as Israel made its mistake and put Ahab in, we did the same thing not long ago. When Ahab come in, he married Jezebel, and Jezebel was a heathen. And it wasn't Ahab. Ahab was a pretty good fellow. He wanted to uh, repeat it many times. But it wasn't Ahab. It was Jezebel behind the throne because he was married to her. And she controlled him and brought sin to the nation and sin to the people. And the same things happen now. Some of you good square-back Democrats might disagree with that. But let me tell you, you thought so much of your politics instead of God's Bible, you let it come right and take over. God first. What are we here for freedom of religion? What? That Jezebel system. Our president now is married to that Jezebel system. Exactly right. Just as it was then, so is it now. It ain't him. I, Mr. The president, I have nothing against him. But that system behind it. Did you notice this recently about the schools? How slick they tried to get that one over? Certainly, that's just the beginning of it. You just wait. Yes, sir. You just wait. You're better warned than that by Holy Ghost preachers who's warned you. But what's the matter? We sold our birthrights for politics. You played politics in church and so forth, and then what did you do? You've anchored the whole nation and sold out your God-given birthrights to the very thing that you broke here for for freedom from. That's exactly right. Amen. I didn't mean to get on that. It's too late now. That's to fulfill prophecy. That's exactly the reason they wouldn't correct it if the machines is proven crooked. This is later than you think. It's just got to be. Now, no, we cannot, this politics gives uncertain sound. You don't know you can vote and vote and vote and vote. Don't make any difference. They run it the way they want to. So there's uncertainty in politics. In the church, there's uncertainty. Well, we've got hundreds of denominations. Each one saying, ours is right. They're no good. We got it. 
about 900 different organizations here in the United States. How can they all be right? Now there's an uncertain sound there somewhere. It's not sounding right. One say, uh, you come over and join our church, and you leave this one and come join ours, and next one join the people pack letter from church to church to the word out. <laughs> Just changing the name from Methodist to Baptist to Presbyterian to Lutheran to Pentecostal. Oneness, twoness, threeness, and what? Well, uh, my goodness. Why don't you forget it? Put your name on the Lamb's Book of Life in heaven. You won't have to move it no more. Uncertainty. The church giving uncertain sounds. The Baptist had a slogan not long ago, a million more in 44. What did we get? We got a million more joiners. Certainly, if all the people that's in this United States that profess to be Christians in some category, Catholic or Protestant, of the churches, if every one of those people were born again Christians, I'm telling you, uh, this country would be so dry, a bootlegger would have to prime himself to get enough moisture about him to spit. That's right. It would be, oh, it would be different, but today they sell those people whiskey and then rest them for drinking. Mercy. Politics, church, and everything. Certainly is. Uncertain sound. Uncertainty. Come and join. Come and put your name on. That's not the idea. Come and be born. Come and die. Come and rock to yourself and your own thoughts. Let Christ come in and become a new creature. That's the idea. Uncertainty in national. Uncertainty in jobs. Uncertainty in home. Uncertainty in sounds in politics. Uncertain sounds in churches. Well, even life itself is uncertain. We don't know when we're going. But there's one thing sure we know we have to go. The old slogan is there's two things that sure that's taxes and death. And you're going to meet both of them. So why not prepare for it? That's right. Uncertainty of life. Uncertainty of church. So much uncertain. Then you say, Brother Bram, you're sure taking us out on a limb. Is there anything that is certain? I can stand here and read off a list of things here that is uncertain. Nation's uncertain. Uncertain sound. Who knows what to do? Jobs, politics is uncertain. Church is uncertain. Home life is uncertain. What is certain? Is there anything that's certain? Yes, there's one thing I'll guarantee you certain. That's the Word of God. In Matthew, the 24th chapter, and the 35th verse, Jesus said, Heavens and earth will pass away, but my word shall never fail. Just as certain as God says anything, it's just that certain it's going to come to pass. Before there was a world, before there was 4,000 years, before Christ was ever born, the Bible said he was a lamb of God slain since the foundation of the world. Amen. For when God's program was drawn out and he knew what was going to happen in his great mind, he knew that he'd have to slay his own son to save the world. And it was settled as soon as God spoke it. Amen. Amen. When God says anything, it's just as eternal as he is. It cannot fail. God's word. Jesus said both heavens and earth will pass away. 
but my word shall never fail. Oh, certainly it is certain. There's no uncertainty about it. It might make you act strange when you receive it. You might not act like you used to. And that's one thing certain too. Paul said the life that I now live. He must have lived a different kind of life once. And yet he was raised up religious. But he had a new kind of life. Not me, but Christ liveth in me. See, he had passed from one life into another. And just as certain as you receive the word of God into your heart, then you'll have eternal life and you'll act strange, look strange, and be different than what you were. Let's just go back for a few moments now, about ten minutes, and check some of them that has man in past times who has rested solely upon the certainty of God's word sounding. Noah. Way back in the beginning, and the, before the antediluvian destruction, maybe a farmer out in the field, but one day he met God, and God told him it was going to rain. Noah was just as sure as it was going to rain as, as he was sure he was Noah. And he went about preparing an ark for the saving of his household, because he was certain that it was going to rain. No matter how unscientific it seemed, no matter how many science could prove him, there's not one speck of water up there. There could not be a cloud farm. There could not be this, there, or the other. No matter how scientifically it seemed, he was certain it was going to rain. And he made arrangements for it. Amen. That's the way, brother. When you're certain, make arrangements for it. If you're certain tonight that you're not going out of here sick, God's revealed it to you. You're not going out. Make arrangements. If you say, I'm crippled, I, I, I can't walk. But I'm certain in my heart. God spoke to me a while ago and said, Tonight, you're going to walk out of this building. Just get ready. You're going out. That's right. Be certain in your heart. When God speaks, it's certain. Eternally certain. When God speaks. No uncertain sound about it all. Moses, a man that was smart, highly educated, polished scholar, could even teach the Egyptians. He was a military man, we're told. Not all a genius uh, of militarism. And he found out that he failed in his militaryism uh, when he had all of the army of, of Pharaoh behind him. And would have been heir to the throne. But one day... After he had run and been out in the wilderness for 40 years, married, settled down, had a wife and child, one day on the backside of the desert, an old man, 80 years old, with long whiskers, herding sheep, got a glimpse of a burning bush, stood before that bush and heard God say, Surely I'll be with you. Go down in Egypt. And Moses was certain that nothing was going to bother him. He knew that he was going down to deliver the people because he was certain God told him the truth. Because he knew it was God and he knew it was God's plan and God's word to deliver them. Now, if Moses could be that certain for one old man to go down and take a, a nation out of a nation, how much more certain ought we to be when we read God's word 
and see that these we're living in this time that we're living in now, we ought to be so certain of an oncoming revival. We ought to be so certain of the pouring out of the Holy Ghost. We ought to be so certain of our healing. God said so. That settles it. Moses was perfectly certain that the Israel was going to be delivered. He didn't know how. He didn't have nothing in his hand but an old stick. But he was going down anyhow. He didn't know how it was going to be done. But he knew that God had spoke to him and he was on his road. He'd get out there and let God do what he wanted to after he got there. So that's why he said, Brother Branham, I've got cancer. How can I be certain that God speak to you? Except the word. Well, if the doctor said, I know the man done everything he could do for you, no doubt. But if God has spoke to you, just be certain that it's God and then move on. God speaks to you. See, God sees power, sees resurrection, sees works and his signs, and you know that he's here, then accept him and accept his word. If you can feel it way down in your heart that it's true, then just go right on. Make preparations because everything's going to be all right. Uh, little girl that I spoke of here the other night, maybe the little lady here tonight with a baby that had that foot hanging up from Zion. She was so certain that that baby was going to walk, she got a pair of shoes and come down for it to be prayed for. Then when she crossed the platform to pray for her, she looked at the baby, tried his foot, and it was no better, so she went out to mother's, and mother knew I was out to the office, so she sent the girl out there. And the little girl come in, I said, wasn't you the uh, lady was prayed for last night? She said, yes, said, but you know, the Lord has spoke to me and said for me to bring my baby to you, and when you laid your hands on my baby, it was going to walk. I said, well, then that, that's all necessary. God said it. That, that, that's all you have to do. Just believe it. He said, but the baby's not walking. I said, I don't have anything to do with it. If, if you're certain, you won't be questioning. So we prayed uh, and laid hands on the baby. And I said, sister, I can stand and do it all day now. If you're certain and you really believe it, it will happen. It'll certainly be that way. And then when she started out, she wanted to hear me say something. <laughs> Poor little fellow. Little, I hope she might. Are you here tonight, sister? From Zion, had that baby here the night. Are you in the building? Raise up your hand if you are. Uh, she was, some of you here the night when she was here. Anybody here when she was here the other night? Yeah, we. All right. Now she was certain that the Lord was going to heal that baby, but she wanted me to say something about it. Well, I'd already told the brethren there I'd seen the baby's all right, but just want to see what she was going to do about it. So when she went out of the room, kind of disappointed a little, kind of crying, she looked back, her little hubby went on out. So then, when she looked back, she said, Reverend Branham? And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, is it God's will for my baby to be a cripple? She just wanted to hear what I was going to say. Pulled it right out. I said, no, ma'am, it's not. She said, thank you, sir. Out the door she went. And about a week after that, the little baby's leg come down normally and well. See? See, just hold on to it. Get a hold of something. Hold on to it. Certain. Yes, sir. Moses was certain that God was going to deliver Israel. Elijah, up on top of the mountain, in the days that when he thought he was the only one left, God had taken him up there and fed him with the ravens and kept him alive until he could fulfill his prophecy, just pull him off the field. Down there in the days of Ahab, all the fellows give in, but they had one old fellow down there wouldn't give in. That was Elijah. He still told Jezebel it was wrong for her to act like that. 
No matter what the rest of them done, he poured it right on to them, just as hard as he could. One day God said, now you prophesied enough against them. Come on out of the field and I'm going to let the judgments of your prophecy rain down on them. So Elijah went up on top of the mountain, up there for three and a half years or three years when it was all um, about gnawing their tongues for pain, but he was sitting by a little brook. A little spring had spiritual revelation all the time, waters of life pouring up. The rest of them, and listen, brother, sister, let me tell you, one of these days when God is just getting enough of this around here and he'll take all the true off the field and then you'll want a revival, it has to come to pass. The prophet said there will be a time in the last days when there would not be a famine only for bread and water, but for hearing of the word of God. And the true servants will be taken off. There will be a famine in the last days. It sure will be. Now, notice. But God told him then, but why he brought him out of his hibernation up there, he said, go call Ahab and bring him up to the top of the mountain. And then when Elijah was so certain that that was God had told him to do that, until he called 400 priests and they put up a bullock and prayed all day and Elijah walked around making fun of them. He said, why don't you holler a little louder? Maybe he's pursuing. Maybe he's asleep or uh, going to be disturbed or something. He said, call a little louder to him. And just made fun of him. Why? Because he was certain. He knew there was no power in that idol. And he was certain that he was in contact with the living God. That's the reason tonight, brethren, I say it with love and respect. I know there's no revival in organizationism. But I know there is a living God who does have a revival. Let's get back to that. I'm certain of it. I'm positive of it. I know that it is the truth. God will never do that. Nowhere did they ever rise and they never will. But God will take a people out of those people for his name's sake. He'll do that. So Elijah, when he laid that um, 12 rocks up there and laid the bull out and slaughtered it and just exactly the way God told him to, he was just as certain that that fire was going to fall as he was as certain he was Elijah. Nothing, there's no fire up there and there was no water up there. It hadn't rained for three years and six months. And he walked out there just as cool and quiet because he was certain. He didn't have to say, now, brethren, I'll go out and try. I'll, I'll see it. No, no. The voices spoke to Elijah. Elijah was certain it was God. Amen. 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 When you're certain that it's God, something's got to happen. Amen. Elijah walked out there and said, oh, God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel. You notice he never called him his name of deceiver. Uh, Jacob, he called him his prince name, Israel. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God and I'm your prophet. About that time the fire began to fall. Why, he was certain it was going to fall. He said, I've done all of this at your command. When you're certain of anything, there's a one sound that you can be certain of, and that is God's voice. God's word is certain. David, he had tried God. One day when he's herding sheep, um... Bear come in and got one of them. He took a little slingshot and knocked the bear down. Now, you know a little rock and a slingshot won't knock a bear down. Then here come in a veocious lion, grabbed the one of the little fellows and run out with it. David went after him, trusting the Lord, and he threw that rock and knocked the lion down, killed the lion. 
Then one day he was standing up there and seen an uncircumcised Philistine standing up saying, The days of miracles is past. There's no such a thing as this stuff. And little old David maybe stooped in his shoulders and so forth. He said, Do you mean to say that you'll stand there and let that uncircumcised Philistine defy the armies of the living God? He said, I'll go fight him. And my, when he Saul tried to put his, his uh, Ph.D. on him, it didn't fit him at all. He didn't know nothing about it. how to say, oh, man, just right, you know, and so forth. And he said, I don't know nothing about that stuff. I don't know nothing about that. But I have something that I have trusted. I don't know what God will do me with, with a Ph.D., but I know he, he's done this for me. And he said, the God who let me kill a lion with this slingshot, the God who let me kill a bear with this slingshot, how much more? How much more will he deliver that uncircumcised Philistine in my hand? Men and women, friends, do you realize the God of heaven that raised up Christ Jesus from the dead, he is not dead, but he's alive. And if he kept his word to David, if he kept it to Elijah, if he kept it to Moses, if he kept it to the Hebrew children, if he kept it to Daniel, he'll keep it to you and I. If we're certain that it's God. Hallelujah. Why, I feel religious right now. Yes, sir. I know that night somebody said, Brother Brandon, aren't you afraid of a mistake? A mistake? How can God make a mistake? Certainly, that angel come up there that night and said, he's sending me to do this certain thing about the visions and so forth. Around the world, I went with all kinds of people in all kinds of places, and not one time did it fail. Why? I'm certain it was God. He come according to His Word. It's according to His Spirit. It's according to His nature. And it's exactly on time to Abraham's seed. I can see why the nominal churches won't receive it. Neither that angel go down and preach to Lot and them. He stayed up with the elected. They had one to go down there and preach to them group down there. And that's the reason they, they told me when I left my little Baptist church that you're going to be a holy roller. Go mix up them holy rollers. I said, I don't know what they are, but if, if God is sending me to them, he's got a message for them. That's right. If God gives a message, somebody's going to hear it somewhere. Amen. Amen. That's what John thought when he came out of the wilderness. That Elijah of the New Testament, rugged man, he said, God's able these stones to rise, children of Abraham. He was certain of his message. He knew that it was true. He knew that he was born and received the Holy Ghost in his mother's womb at the name of Jesus Christ. Nine years old, he went into the wilderness without education. Stayed in there till he was 30. Come out without clothes, just a piece of sheepskin grapes around him. And he preached the message that shut the regions around about. Amen. Why, he was certain. And when he seen that Holy Ghost like a Light comes down there with two wings on it, coming down upon Jesus. He said, I knew him not, but he that spoke to me in the wilderness and said, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining, he is the one that will baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire. I'm certain of it. When he got a little weary, as we talked about the other night, Jesus said, Go show John what's taking place. Be certain. Be certain. It's a certain sound. Now, Simeon. It was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost that he was not going to see death, and yet he was a real old man. He wasn't going to see death until he seen the Lord's Christ. 
He wasn't ashamed. He went around telling everybody, I'm not going to die. I'm going to see the coming of the Christ. Like him said, he's just a little upset. He's getting old now, you know, and I believe his mind is collapsing a little, you know. It makes you do things and act like you never did act before. When you're certain. When you're really certain. Simon said, oh, I'm not going to die until I see the Christ coming. Now I said, think, David looked for him, Moses looked for him, and thousands of years ago they looked for him, and now here we are in Roman Catholic. Well, how in the world could he ever see it? Poor old fellow. Just don't pay no attention to him. That didn't bother him. He went around saying, go, I ain't going to die until I see the... See the Christ come. I'm going to see it. One day when he's back in his study out there, Jesus is brought into the temple for the circumcision, the purification of Mary, wrapped in swaddling clothing, and she stood the little virgin, and the people kept their distance from her because he had a bad name to start with. They said he was born out of holy wedlock. Now, I can imagine those self-styled hypocrites, you know, never had nothing to do with anything like that. They kept their room back. And, uh, but she knew what she was holding in her arms. She knew whose son it was. And that's why I say that you can call a real born-again Christian a fanatic or a holy roller or whatever you want to. If he knows that's the Holy Ghost, you'll never shake him. You'll never have no problem with him. He knows what's in there. He knows where it comes from. Like I always said, all uh, this high-bred religion they got these days. If anything, I hate this high-bred stuff they're talking about. I've read this, and I think science has got to a place they've, they've disproved their own argument. You know, they say that man evoluted from just coming from a monkey and coming on up and getting a, from a polywog and coming on. But Genesis 1:26 it said, let every seed bring forth of its kind. I believe God made monkeys, yes, sir. I believe God made everything, but he made man. And man, by evolution, come, monkeys come to be man. God made birds and all things at the beginning. And it proves it. If you half-read anything, you cross it over. It can't cross itself back again. Right? It's dead. Go along and say, high-bred corn. High-bred corn. Such beautiful corn. I know it ain't no good. You can't plant it. It won't come back no more. That's right. It's, it's finished. You take a mule. A mule. I, a, a mule's an awful fellow there is. You know, he, he's, he's neither horse nor mule, and he, and, and he really don't even know what he is. That's right. And uh, his mother was a mare and his father was a donkey, so he, he don't know where he belongs. And he can never breed himself back again. A mule can't have a mule. That's finished. You know that. And that's just the way some of these religions are today. Mule religion. That's right. You can talk about days of miracles, the Holy Ghost, and all this thing. Did you ever see an old mule? He's ignorant. He stick his big old ears out and just look at you. He has no gentleness and no feeling of kindness and you can't do nothing with him. He'll wait all his life to kick you. And then wait till you die. And then when he's dying, he'll kick you. And he'll stand there at that big ear and say, Come on, boy. And he'll just, Oh, oh. You see, he don't know nothing. He's hybrid. That's what you might say. It's hybrid religion. You can say, Jesus Christ the same yesterday if ever heard. Oh, oh. Days of miracles is past. No such a thing. Oh, my. No one in the Bible said they come like a field of brain mules. That's right. Oh, it's, that's right. It's hybrid. What did you try to do? Mix some of the world with the church. That's what started in the beginning, a hybrid church. We don't, we are, but you know one thing is gentle. One thing I like is a fine pedigreed horse. Oh, my. That pedigreed horse can tell you who his papa was, who his mama was, who his grandpapa, grandmama, great, 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 go on back. He's pedigreed. That's why I like to see a pedigreed Christian. 
Amen. One that knows who his papa is and who his mama is. He said, are you a Christian? I'm a Methodist. <laughs> well, that's a good confession that you're not a Christian. I'm a Baptist. I'm Presbyterian. I'm Pentecostal. Brother, we're Christian because we're a pedigree born of the Holy Ghost. I know who my father is. Amen. A Christian's a Christian. Jesus said, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. These signs shall follow them that believe. A pedigree Christian. One is filled with the Holy Ghost. No uncertain sound about that. No, sir, that's right. That's the way it sounded on the day of Pentecost. <laughs> so it still sounded the same thing, and it's a real certain sound. <laughs> that's right. That's one good certain sound. Yes, Simeon. He was certain he's going to see him. Jesus was certain of the Father's word. Well, certainly, when Mary come up there and, and she said to Martha, rather, she said, uh, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, whatever you ask God, God will do. And uh, he said, uh, I am the resurrection and life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She said, Yea, Lord, I believe that you're the Son of God, like you say you are. I believe you're that Messiah that was to come into the world. So where have you buried him? Now, he didn't say, I- I'll go down and see what I can do about it. <laughs> oh, no. I'll go wake him. Not I'll go try to. I will. Amen. That's certain. Jesus said he did nothing until the Father showed him. That's St. John five nineteen. I do nothing until I see the Father doing it. It shows me first. And the Father had showed him that Lazarus go to raise the dead. Therefore, before anything we said, he said, I'll go and wake him. Not see if I can. He said, I have power to lay my life down and to take it up again. Nothing uncertain about that. Not a thing uncertain about that. You kill me, you destroy this tabernacle, and I'll build it up again in three days. <laughs> destroy this. I will. I'll try and see what happens. I will. Because David said, I'll not leave his soul in hell, neither will I suffer my holy one to see corruption. He noted 72 hours, corruption set in and in somewhere. But before that 72 hours is up, Jesus' body was going to rise from the dead. Amen. Nothing uncertain about it. He trusted God's word emphatically. Amen. Everything he did, he trusted God by it. Now, he said, He that believeth in me, the works that I do shall he do also. Nothing uncertain about that. He said that it was certain. He shall. He gave his church commission, said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. If they take up serpents or drink deadly things that will not harm them, if they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. There's nothing uncertain about that. That's right. Jesus said in the last days of the Spirit, said the Bible said people be heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, false accusers, incontinent despisers, those that are good, trady, heady, high-minded, having a form of godliness and would deny the power thereof. Nothing uncertain about it. We got them. Amen. Amen. Daniel said the people know their godliness. They would do exploits. There's nothing uncertain about that. God said so. We got it. Amen. Amen. There's nothing uncertain about it. Oh, somebody said, well, the, the, the Holy Ghost is for, that, for the Pentecostal people back there. Peter said on the day of Pentecost, repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you, your children, and them as far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. 
nothing uncertain about that. They shall receive it. That's right. They shall. Everyone that's been as the Lord God calls, well, he's going to give them the Holy Ghost. But they'll just follow the instructions. That's all they have to do. Nothing uncertain about it. No. Jesus said, the works that I do shall you also. He said, as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. How the angel of the Lord will come down and among the people and show these signs and wonders, the wonders of his resurrection. He's been from, up from the grave 2,000 years. The world don't believe it. But he, because he lives, he said, we can live also. There's nothing uncertain about it. The works that he did, we can do also. There's nothing uncertain about it. All of his promises are yes to us. We're living in the last days. We see everything just exactly the way he said. So there's nothing uncertain. You can believe it. Put your trust in it. Paul Rader. Many of you all remember him from Chicago here. A great man of God. Died here a few years ago. I've always loved Paul. And I heard him a few times when I was a boy. And I sat in Rediger's Tabernacle there in the room where he wrote that song, Only Believe. It's led me to the pulpit by hundreds of different languages, I guess, across the world. Only Believe. And I wonder if Paul knew that that little old fellow sitting on that pair of overhauls on would take a song and take it around the world, the one he was writing. I was sitting there having a meeting here some time ago, and that come in over the microphone. I just knelt down and wept because of knowing that he was such a great man of God. He's telling a story one time in his book. I was reading it. I think he come from Oregon. And uh, he used to log. He's a strong man. Luke was a very strong man. His brother. And so Paul said he, uh, over in, I believe it's some foreign country he was in, he was, uh, he took a blackwater fever or something. He was, he was dying. And he told his faithful wife to stand by his side because they couldn't get a doctor in there so far back. And it kept getting darker in the room. And he said, honey... He said, stand by my side, just keep praying, keep praying. Paul was a great believer in divine healing. And so he preached right here in this city, the tabernacle down here. And so uh, he uh, believed in it. He had his wife to keep praying. So no matter what happens, just keep praying. He said it got darker and darker in the room, and finally everything went black. And he said he was dreaming. He thought he was back in Oregon again, and he was... Uh, the boss told him of uh, the lumber camp where he used to work. He said, Paul, go up on the hill and fell me a certain tree a certain size and bring it down here. He said, all right. He said, he run up the tree, hill and he just smelled the pine and his lungs breathing in. You know, the odor how a person that lives in the woods can only enjoy. And said he fell the tree and trimmed it up and stuck the axe in it and got a hold of the tree and he just couldn't lift it up. Said he put his knees together and bent his back to the strongest part of the man and his back and muscles. He'd lift and lift. He said, well, he could lift a tree twice that size. But somehow he wrestled with it and he wrestled with it and he wrestled with it and he just simply couldn't do nothing with it. That's the way a lot of people does. They just, they take a word and they try to run it here and make it here and make it there and wrestle with it and wrestle with it. Take it through seminaries and cut it down here and make a Greek word out of here and a Hebrew word out of here. And first thing you know, it becomes like that and not a word of God. You, you just wrestle with it and wrestle with it. You take the order of Dr. Ph.D. Uh, John Doe and ask him what he thinks about it. And order of Ph.D. Sam Doe and ask him what to think about it. He said, what's well, mental telepathy? The other says fanaticism. And the first thing, you just wrestle with it and wrestle with it. Well, I was down at the meeting and, and honestly, I seen the Spirit of God come down. I heard someone speaking in unknown tongues. It's the devil. Yes, and I heard people shout, oh, it's excitement. 
And I seen a man step on a platform and by the power of discernment tell people who they were and out in the meetings and what was wrong with just the way the Bible said Jesus done it to show the sign of the Messiah. Well, I'll go ask my pastor. He said, ah, it's telepathy. See, you just keep wrestling with it and wrestling with it. That's all. You'll never get nowhere. Finally, Paul said he got wore out. So he sat down. His strength was depleted. He just sat out against the tree and leaned back and said, what's happened to my strength? Of course, that was a fever on him was doing that. And he said, I'm just at the end. Said while he heard a real sweet voice. Said, Paul. He said, is that my boss? And said, when he turned, it was his boss, all right. Said he never seen a sweeter face in all of his life. He said, Paul, what are you wrestling with it for? He said, you see that stream of water there? I said, yes. Said that stream of water goes right down around the hill here and comes right out to the camp. Say, why don't you just throw it in the water and get on it and ride down? Oh, he said, I never thought of that. So he just throwed it in the water, started riding down over the river, screaming at the top of his voice, I'm riding on it! I'm riding on it! And said, he'd come to you, he'd stand out in the middle of the floor, screaming at the top of his voice, I'm riding on it! I'm riding on it! The promise of God. And tonight, brother, there's nothing uncertain about God's Word. I'm riding on it! It'll bring you to the camp someday! I don't know how many ripples I'll have to cross, but I'm riding on it! I'm riding on it. I'm riding on it. It's God's promise. I'm riding on it. It's a certain sound. It's God's sound. It's His voice. Heavens and earth will pass away, but my word shall never pass away. And I'm riding on it tonight. He promised these things in the last days. And I believe it, sir. Let them call it whatever they want to. I don't care. That doesn't matter to me. I'm certain that it's God. Amen. And I'm riding on it. I've been riding on it now for 31 years. And the ride's getting sweeter all the time because I'm nearing the gate. Amen. I'm still riding on it. When death strikes my body, I'll ride on it. Just keep on riding. I am the resurrection and life, saith God. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. I'm riding on it. There's nothing uncertain about that. I'm riding on it. It's his word, and I believe it with all my heart. Do you believe it the same way? Everything else is uncertain, but that's a certain sound. He that believeth in me, the works that I do, shall he also. Let's bow our heads just now. There is all kinds of uncertain sounds. It's uncertain that this city will be standing by morning. I don't know. It's uncertain that you'll ever get home tonight. I don't know. It's uncertain that I'll ever be in Chicago again. I don't know. It's uncertain if we'll ever meet again. I don't know. But there's one thing that is certain. That's God's Word. I don't know how long or we'll, much longer we'll be a nation. How long it'll be before we'll be blown to pieces. I don't know. It's uncertain. But there's one thing that is certain. That's God's Word. I'm riding on it, friends. I believe it with all my heart. Oh, my soul. I'm riding on it. Our heavenly Father. <laughs> 
and see it fulfilled. See the promises of God of the resurrection of a reviving of the coming again and the great Messiah sign of a resurrected Jesus to appear before the Gentiles like it did the Jews and Samaritans in this last day. Oh, Father God, we thank you for this. I thank you. Now, them words, God, coming from you, it's surely after I've tried to bring it in the Bible and hear you speak it through gifts of tongues and interpretations. Now we pray that you will let Jesus come into our midst and confirm this to be true so that everyone will be able to have the privilege of knowing that the same Jesus that was once with the children of Israel in this cloud which is called the fatherhood also dwelt among man in the sonship and now dwells in man by the Holy Ghost. Father, let them see that the same nature of God remains the same. That was in Jesus, so is it in the church. And does the same work in the last days where the church has come to its destiny. And now the Messiah sign of the end time. The destruction is ready as it was for the Jews in them days. They had to deny that Messiah in order for destruction to come. And today, the nations are laughing. They make fun of it and call it every unclean name. And when you did that when you were here, they said it was Beelzebub, a devil. And you said you'd forgive them, but someday when the Holy Ghost come to speak one word against it, it would be unpardonable. And now, Father, we see that the nations have condemned their own selves, their words and their action. The churches. Many, many peoples has condemned and signed their own doom away, calling the Spirit of God an unclean thing. Now, this is another opportunity tonight. I pray, Father, that you'll heal every sick person here, save ever unsaved. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.
have spoken unto you, I have talked unto you, and I have pricked your heart. How hard can you be in understanding? How stiff-necked can you be in love? I beseech you, you have come here to hear of me, and to get from me that which I can give unto you. Yea, I am here in your midst. I am ready to do for you what you desire as you believe unto me. But only as you open up your belief can I be able to perform the miracles which you are seeking. Amen. Thanks be to God. Now, according to that, he promises to be here. I wasn't going to make, I was just going to make an altar call. But I believe now I feel the anointing of the Spirit for something else. We never give out any prayer cards today, you notice. So, we don't have the prayer cards, but we have Christ. How many is sick out there and wants healed? Raise your hands wherever you are. Thank you, Custodian. Now, we're, if I have preached the right truth and done the right thing, then God's obligated to back up what I say. Now, how many of you out there that knows that I do not know you? Raise up your hands. That I do not know you. Everybody. You Pentecostal people, should it be hard for you to believe me? Look here, I want to show you something here wrote just recently. I was at the Christian businessman's breakfast in California, and I just got through preaching a sermon that I thought I tore every organization apart and laid it out by pieces. And a Baptist boy by the name of Danny Henry come up to put his arms around me to pray and he started speaking in unknown tongues and there was a lady sitting out there from Louisiana a French lady she said that doesn't need any interpretation said that wasn't unknown tongues he spoke French another man said French and then happened to come down they got it together and got it here and each one was given the interpretation and the interpreter for the UN was there and he raised up said come down man said here he'd never seen him before and never after but he the, called his name who he was the UN interpreter and he gave the interpretation I got it wrote out here listen here you might think I'm hard watch your because thou hast chosen the narrow path the harder way thou hast walked of thy own choosing now, I can understand that Moses had to walk of his own choosing he didn't have to but he, he made his decision. That was my decision. To stay with the word regardless of what it does. Thou hast did this by your own choosing. Thou hast picked the correct and precise decision. And it is my way. Thanks be to God. Because of this momentous decision, a huge portion of heaven awaits thee. Now this man never knew nothing about this vision. Because it just had a few days before that. See? What a glorious decision thou hast made. This in itself is that which will give and make come to pass the tremendous victory in the love divine. That was interpreted by the UN interpreter by a Baptist boy that come to put his arms around me and just made a remark. Said that message could really be added to the book of Revelations. See, a boy that no, no, not me, he's some relation to some movie star there. 
And uh, he, uh, he never knew me, a Baptist boy. And he, uh, he just come up to, to thank me and put his arm around me to pray. And when he did, the Holy Ghost started speaking in tongues to him. And here was people sitting out there, just like it was on Pentecost. It was, it was the language that they understood. That was their native language. And that boy didn't know one word of, of uh, French. See how it is? It's the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be sure. All right? Pray now. I told you the Bible. The angel turned his back to the audience. Somebody in these sections over here. Somebody in this sections over here, you pray for God to do something for you. Just see if he still remains the same angel of God. Or somebody anywhere, wherever it is. I'll look towards you, brother. I want you to believe, brother. This is a Christ that you've preached so long. This is the thing that you stood for. You, man, it is any honor to be given to you all. You were out here at Pentecostals preaching. I'd go on a street corner with tambourines and guitars when he's laughing and making fun of you. He was only fixing a road that I could run smooth over. How could I come and be a, anything else but your brother? You prophesied that these things would come. Many of you. You heard it in your meetings. And I'm just here in fulfilling of what you said that God's Word said. Now, Somebody is contacting God. Back this way. There's a man that's sitting behind me, somewhere back this way. He's praying. He's got something wrong with his side. He's got a nervous condition that's bothering him. Is anybody up? Nobody up? I'm looking at the man right here. The man's a minister. He's a Mennonite. His name is Mr. Reverend Miller. Stand up. Accept your healing. I'm a stranger to you, sir. I do not know you. Uh, is what was said, was that the truth? If it is the truth, would you stand back up again? Amen. All right. <laughs> do you believe? Amen. Now, what did Jesus say? These things would take place. The same angel of God that stood by Abraham and said, Where is your wife, Sarah? Says she's in the tent behind you. And he said, I'm going to visit you according to the time of life. And Sarah... As I told you last Sunday, that uh, family relationships hadn't been for years. She said, me have pleasure with my Lord again out there and him old and me old. They couldn't be. And she laughed. And the angel said, why did she laugh saying that these things? He said, it would be the same thing at the end time. Have faith. Believe. That colored lady sitting right back there. Female trouble. Sitting on the end of the road. Yes, ma'am. Have you a prayer card? You don't need one. You don't have one. You don't need one. Do you have female trouble? Is that right? Raise up your hand. Wasn't you praying then, Lord, let it be me tonight? That's right. Wave your hand like this. All right. You have your desire. Go home. Jesus Christ makes you well. 
If thou canst believe, only have faith. This man sitting here, second morning from the inn, coming in there, right here, turned your head and looked. Complications and lung trouble and so forth. You believe that Christ will make you well? The big fellow on the inn, second man back going in. You believe with all your... Yes, sir. You're the one. Right here. The other man right here, sir. Stand up on your feet. This is the man here that, that lights over. All right? Receive your healing. Go home and believe. We're strangers to one another. I don't know you. I, I don't know you. We're strangers to one another. That's right. This woman sitting right next to the man that stood up there. You want to get over that diabetes and believe with all your heart that God will make you well? If you will, rise up. Say amen. amen. All right. That's him. You can have your healing if you believe it. But you've got to believe, don't you? This lady, yeah, waving your hand, <laughs> sitting back there in the audience. You believe that swelling will stop? Your daughter there with epilepsy will cease to have it anymore? Miss Smallwood, you can go home now and everything's all right. You can be made well. <laughs> if you'll believe with all your heart. I'm a stranger to you. I do not know you. I've never seen you in my life. If that's so, raise up your hands, both of you. Raise up your hands there. That's exactly right. Do you believe with all your heart? What about some of you people sitting down here? What do you believe with all your heart? Then have faith. What about you sitting here, this colored man sitting here looking at me? You have a prayer card? No. You don't need one. You've got faith and that's all you need. Do you believe me to be his prophet or his servant? Do you believe that with all your heart? I'm a stranger to you. We're two different races of people in our first time meeting. But you seem to have a good feeling to your spirit. You've got faith of some sort. That's good faith for somebody else you're praying for. Over. That's right. Your sister, she has cancer. That's, that's right. Wave your hand. All right. Believe and she'll get well. You believe with all your heart? If thou canst believe, all things are possible. Miss Johnson, you want to go home and be well, too? You believe with all your heart. Jackson, rather, I meant to say, if you believe with all your heart, you can go home and be well also. What about this woman sitting here, though? You believe with, yeah, you believe with all your heart? You believe me to be his servant? You got trouble with your feet? Trouble with your hands? You're praying for a child. Mental condition. You believe with all your heart, you can have what you ask for. Do you believe it? Don't cry, just be thankful. <laughs> How many of the rest of you believe? You believe with all your heart? How many believe on him as your Savior now? That's no uncertain sound. The Bible says that's a certain sound. These signs shall follow them. In the last days it shall come to pass. You that want to receive him as Savior, if you're here, stand up for our witness. Say, I will receive him as my Savior while you're in his presence. While the anointing of the Holy Ghost is up on the people, would you receive him as Savior? Rise to your feet if you're here. Someone want him as Savior. How many here has received the Holy Ghost? God bless you, sister. Someone here has received the Holy Ghost. Stand here on your feet. Say, I'll receive him as 
Spirit give me the Holy Ghost tonight. You believe it? Stand up. Why, sure, it's the Holy Ghost himself. Just keep standing. Keep standing. Just keeps on your feet. All that wants to baptize the Holy Ghost that has received it, believe you can receive it tonight. Stand up on your feet. Just receive it. Good. No uncertain sound about that now. Remember, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Nothing uncertain, do you believe? Then you're going to be filled. If your belief is right, you've got to be filled. Look here, why would you bring it? Look here where I got to stand. I got to stand here before all, everything. And it's got to be so. Amen. It just has to be so. Now, how many of you are sick and want to be healed? You stand to your feet. You believe you're going to be healed tonight. If you don't believe it, don't stand up. But if you do believe it, and you felt a, felt a certain sound strike your heart, this is the hour I'm going to get my healing. This is going to be it right now. If you believe it with all your heart, just stand up on your feet. That's it. Just, just let the Holy Spirit work right down to your heart. You'll find out something takes place. Now, do you really believe what you stood for you're going to get? Then raise up your hands and say, Thank you, Lord Jesus. I now receive my healing. I now receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Just give him praise.
believe you'd think I'd be a hypocrite or a liar. If you could only under... I, I better not say it. But listen to your friends. Just like anointing, just like, a, like that, that light that a watch is just hanging all around everywhere. Oh, my. Glorious. If you just open up. Ah, 